Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I am your host, Tana M. Session, Huffington Post top female expert to follow in 2018, America's number one reinvention and transformation expert and queen of From Foster Care to Fabulous. And I have to say, I am appalled. I am absolutely appalled that New York City in February 2019, we are in 2019, aren't we? Yes, just had to check, had to enact a human rights law that states that people cannot be discriminated against because of the style of their hair. Okay, let's get this right, people. We know exactly who this law is protecting, okay? And it says, I'll read it. The New York City's Human Rights Commission specifically asserts the right of people to have natural hair, treated or untreated hairstyles, such as locks, cornrows, twists, braids, bantu knots, fades, afros, and or the right to keep hair in an uncut or untrimmed state. Okay, I'm gonna let that marinate. And you tell me who you think this law is protecting. The city commission can levy penalties up to $250,000 on defendants that are found in violation of the guidelines and there's no cap on damages. Mm, mm, mm. This had to become a human rights law, people, and only in New York. So how many other states are gonna jump on board? I'm curious to know, especially in this day and age. Since 2016, the uh the 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 relaxer business has realized a 30 percent decline in business what does that mean that means that more african-american women women of color are wearing their hair in a natural state this is so bad it dates back actually this is not new in terms of laws affecting the natural state of women of color hair we can go back to the 1700s in louisiana where there was a law, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but it's, I think it's the Tignon War, uh, Tignon Law rather, T-I-G-N-O-N, you can look it up. And it basically said that because the women of color, mostly mulatto women at the time, were wearing very intricate hair designs and had feathers and jewelry in their hair and intimidated the white women because they were getting too much attention from men, including white men. So they, and the, the governor at the time of Louisiana implemented this law stating that the women of New Louisiana had to have their hair wrapped. They had to wear these tignongs, these, these headdresses to keep their hair covered. Well, they did. And they complied with the law just enough to not violate it. But what they did do was they chose very intricate, fancy, beautiful fabrics, and they applied their jewelry and their feather and hats to these head wraps to dress them up. So again, this law was because it intimidated white women in particular about the amount of attention these women were getting for their hairstyles. Now, fast forward, here we are in 2019. There has to be a law to protect us so we can wear our hair in any state or form that we so choose without it being considered, uh, without being discriminated against for employment purposes as a result of choosing to wear our hair in its natural state, in its natural state. So I'm concerned about this because I have short crop blonde hair, platinum hair. My hair does not grow platinum from its root. Okay, let's be real. It takes a lot of bleach to get to this point. <laughs> but I have been in situations where I've applied for jobs. And this is probably, I would say, mid to early 2000s. 
And it was before LinkedIn was really as popular as it is. So a lot of recruiters and hiring managers at the time did not go to LinkedIn to check out candidates. They didn't look to see if you had a picture out there, anything to that effect. So they really didn't know who you were or what you looked like aside from what they saw on paper and perhaps through a phone interview. And I remember going to an interview and I'm just going to say it was at the Cochran firm, um, a real estate firm. So Barbara Cochran is the owner and was on it and still is. And I really wanted this HR generalist job at this company. It was a very sleek office, very sexy in Midtown. And the office manager is who I was there to interview with. And as I was sitting in the reception uh, waiting for her to interview me, I was the only one sitting in reception. And the receptionist had called to let her know I was there for my interview. I got there 15 minutes early. I was prompt. I was on time. I was suited and booted. I was ready for this interview. I just knew it was mine. I checked all of the boxes in terms of what they were looking for. And the woman came in and went to the receptionist and asked, where's my candidate? And she said, oh, she's sitting right there. Mind you, as I said, I was the only one sitting there. She turned and looked at me and the look on her face changed almost immediately. And I felt like, wow, I think this interview is already over and I don't even know why. But then I thought to myself, I know why. I don't look like how she probably thought I would by talking to me over the phone and looking at my resume and my pedigree. So we get through the interview. I can tell she's distracted. She's not really giving me her full attention. She's even at some points doing emails during the interview and just asking me regular standard questions, not really trying to get to know me as an individual or on a layer below what was on my resume. Well, I found out later that I didn't get the job. A, B, they hired a white woman for the position. So that told me a lot. And I made that decision right then and there. I would never work for a company where I couldn't be my whole self, which meant if I couldn't go and work for the company and keep my hair the way it was, I did not want to wear a wig. I did not want to grow my hair out. I didn't want to put in braids. I didn't want to do anything at all except what I had, which was short, platinum, natural hair. So I knew that that company wasn't for me. And I made a conscious decision going forward. I would never work for a company where I couldn't be me and where I couldn't wear my hair the way I wanted to. If that was going to be an issue, if it was going to stop me from getting promoted once I was in the company, then that no longer was the company for me. Now, fortunately, over at the Cochran firm, I believe I'm saying her name right, that was the only time that happened to me that I'm aware of consciously. It may have happened in other subtle ways. I'm sure it did, but I probably just ignored it and just kept my head up and kept moving on. But I say that to say, I commend New York first and foremost for having this law in place because they are protecting people such as myself and others who have been discriminated against because of their hair. But I also say, I'm still a shock and I'm appalled that in 2019, we have to have to actually have a law protecting us to be able to wear our hair any way we want to. That doesn't mean you can come to work into the workplace with your hair dirty, right? But that applies for everyone, right? Every job for the most part has some sort of uh, policy around how they want you to appear at work. And that may include, you know, being clean and well-kept and having your clothes, you know, no rips in your pants and et cetera. But that applies to everyone, regardless of color, creed, ethnicity, gender, it's across the board. There used to be laws, uh, rules rather, and policies that said, you know, women had to wear skirts. Well, that no longer is here, even though some companies were still running with that for quite some time. Luckily, that went away. Now, I want to leave you with this. We are here in this natural state. Be comfortable who you are, because if you can't be who you are, if you can't bring your whole self to work, then I know personally, for me, I was not going to do my best. I was going to feel as if I was pretending to be someone I was not. And that would not be comfortable for me. And I wouldn't be able to 
um, shine. I wouldn't be able to uh, over deliver the way I like to. I like to under promise over deliver. I know I would have fallen short because I wouldn't have felt as if I was being my true self. Now, I'm also um, somewhat disgusted that at this day and age, we still have to worry about these types of things in the workplace. This is just one more thing for us to be, uh, you know, knocked out of the game about in terms of our hair, whether we want to wear locks, if we want to wear braids, if we want to wear an afro. Now, of course, back in the day, afro symbolized, um, you know, uh, almost like, you know, being a rebel, right? If you can think about the Black Panthers, they wore their hair in afros. Um, however, Afros now are more about embracing our ethnicity, embracing the natural curl and pattern of our hair, not damaging our hair with chemicals or with heat anymore um, to try and fit in with what is considered Eurocentric beauty. So beauty is starting to change. If you look at who's playing in movies now, if you look at who's playing the lead role on TV shows now, you're seeing more and more African-American women, more and more women with their hair in their natural state, which is a beautiful thing. So the state and age and view of what beauty is, is starting to change. It's not completely there. Let's be honest. I'm aware of that. You're aware of that. But what I can tell you is that we're going in the right direction. So again, not knocking New York at all. I say kudos to them. I hope they are setting the bar and setting the precedent for everyone else out here, all these other states that do the exact same thing, um, make it part of their local laws so that we cannot, we being people of color, cannot be discriminated against. I've been in situations, especially being in HR, where they did not want to hire a black man because he had dreadlocks and they thought it was some sort of symbolism or radicalism. And I had to explain to them, no, that's not what it is. And I had to explain to them what locks were about. And that it didn't mean that someone was smoking weed <laughs> or that they were some sort of radical. But again, their um, bias and lack of knowledge is, um, is really what the issue is. We aren't the issue. It's their lack of knowledge. And people fear what they don't know. And they don't know because they don't ask. And they don't ask because they're afraid to because they think they may be viewed as a racist. Um, but I think if we start opening up the dialogue, opening up and having honest conversations with each other and being able to educate each other about our differences, what makes us different, right? So get around people that aren't like you. Introduce yourself to someone and ask some honest questions once you've built a relationship. I'm sure that there are things that you're curious about, about other ethnicities and races and genders just as much as they are. So let's start a dialogue. Let's start having a conversation. Let's start meeting people where they are, which is as humans. We are humans first. We're humans first. Now, that's not to say, my white sisters and brothers, that you can go around and touch our hair. Please don't. That is a big taboo. That is a no-no. No one wants you to do that, ever. You must ask for permission. That's our personal space. The same way we don't walk around and touch your hair and we don't invade your personal space. Don't do it to us because there's so many things that touching our hair says when you do that, that you don't even understand. First and foremost, it's almost as if you feel you have a rite of passage to touch us and you don't. That dates back to slavery and us being property, where you could do and say whatever you wanted to us, about us, that included touching us and um, our bodies, especially black women, our bodies not being our own. So that still burns. That still applies. It's generational. It's historical. So touching our hair has so many other 
facets is so layered that you probably will never understand what it means to us when you go to reach out and touch our hair because we've changed our style from a straight wig or weave to an afro to maybe braids or a wig or dreadlocks. Don't touch our hair. Solange has a beautiful song about it. You should listen to it and you'll probably get a good understanding. It's a black girl anthem. You got to hear it. So with that, I want to leave you with the fact of kudos to New York. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this human rights law. I hope other states follow suit. I hope it helps many, many, many people of color who are struggling with how should they wear their hair. This should never be an issue. It's not an issue for any other ethnicity out here, any other race out here besides us, because we are um, so diverse and we can do so many different things with our hair from day to day, especially women and men too, but especially the women that is, um, it can be intimidating and it could be, um, confusing to our white counterparts and our non-black counterparts. But again, I think conversation is key. That always helps have a conversation, meet people where they are. We're all humans and understand that, um, we should never have to show up and not be our true authentic selves and, and bring our whole selves to the workplace. We should. Everyone else is able to. Why can't we? This is 2019. We're almost ending the second decade, decade of the new millennium. And if we don't do it now, then when? If not now, then when? So with that, I say I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you listening to me and um, participating. And I would love for you to post some comments under this podcast. Please let me know what you think about this. Have you ever been impacted, whether consciously or unconsciously, whether you're aware of it, sensitive to it, or maybe just thought it happened and you weren't certain? Share, share your stories, because the more stories we share, the more we also educate other people who are coming um, behind us and helping them understand what what they can and can't do and give them strategies. So Again, I thank you for listening to Stop Being the Best Kept Secret. I'm your host, Tana M. Session, Huffington Post's top female expert to follow in 2018, America's number one reinvention and transformation expert, and queen of From Foster Care to Fabulous. Thank you so much for listening.